This is a CBC podcast. It's like a huge thing that happened leaving all those girls. You don't have to be friends with people that you don't like or people you're not comfortable with. It really did feel like there was a huge weight on my shoulders that was never going to go away. This, this is Mike Drop. Mike Drop. It's about us. Teens and our stories and what we've been through. What we are still going through. Without any adult interruptions. Testing. Testing. Mike will drop in five, okay. four, um, three, <laughs> two. Drop the mic. <laughs> in this episode, we're talking about finding our comfort zones. Yeah, um, okay, I'm Gabe, I'm 15, and... Um, it was just recently, a couple of months ago, my moods got really bad. And sometimes it's like you even just wake up, and it's, oh, I don't want to do anything today. Or you wake up and you're like, yeah, but then the second someone says hi to you, you're like, oh, really, today's gonna suck. Someone texts you constantly and you leave your phone for five minutes, but you start getting texts over and over and over again. And by the time you get back to your phone, you got 45 texts from the same person. I'm gonna have to read these, but I'm not gonna, so I'm gonna ignore the person and then they're gonna get mad at me. When my parents said, you just gotta completely disconnect. That's not helpful. If I completely disconnected, so many more people would text me over and over and over again that by the time I got back and I saw the stuff that I missed, I would have probably had a complete anxiety attack and broken down. Then it gets to a certain point where you're just sad and you're crying. And then you don't even cry anymore. You just wanna lie down and want nothing to do with anybody. I started to accept it as, okay, it's part of life. So I didn't try and fix it. But my family, my friends, everybody who cared about me saw something wrong. But when people start bringing it up to you, you start realizing, wait, something's wrong. I dealt with it through dance. It was one time I was at dance rehearsal and everybody else seemed so stressed out about memorizing the choreography. They're thinking about, oh no, what move next? Oh no, what move next? And I was just flowing and my dad was watching through the window and my dad said, Gabe, I don't know what it is, but you've seemed so upset lately. In that class, you smiled. I haven't seen that from you in like months. And my dad told me that that's when I realized, wow, dance makes me happy. And so I did something about it. Just outside my room in the basement, to the left, there's a big open spot. So I'd come home after school after a bad day, and I'd just blast music and dance for hours at a time. You say you're gonna bleed again? That's slow, but it's doable. I think you just me that Let me see which one I have on here. Yeah.
<laughs> yes. That's definitely the one. Boom, 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 boom. You listen to the music and kind of just let your body flow with the music. Just let your body follow it. Dancing just blocks everything from the outside world out. Just because I dance an hour every time I got home, it would make my day so much better. Turn down your music! Well, my twin brother always screams at me. He goes to the stairs and he's just yelling, turn off the music, it sucks. You're probably terrible at dancing anyway, so stop trying. Hey, I'm uh, Tristan. I, I'm mostly the one that doesn't like the music because I'm either watching videos or I'm playing video games and it gets really annoying. Really, really annoying. I mean, I can be annoying to him, but also no, he's, he's annoying to me. And he just goes back and forth constantly until one of us loses it. So, like everything he wants to talk about, I don't want to talk about. Everything I want to talk about, he doesn't want anything to do with. He pretty much summed it up perfectly. We, uh, we're total opposites. Being a twin sucks, I'm not gonna lie. Most people think because we look alike, we're exactly alike personality-wise, but uh, it couldn't be any, uh, any further from the truth. I don't really talk to my family about my problems. I'm afraid my mom's gonna like overreact or my dad's gonna not understand because he's not always the best with that kind of stuff. I never, ever mention it to uh, my twin because uh, he tends to use stuff against me, so I don't tell him anything. The entire wheelchair basketball community is like family to me. The team, we're always there for each other. Any problems we have, they're like super understanding and it's, it's just really nice to, to have people like that. I love to play sports and uh, be I love to be very active. I can hang out with people that are nice, play something that I love, and it gives me a distraction for a little bit. Even if it's five minutes, it's just, it's a distraction. When I'm feeling really crappy about myself, I mean, it happens to everybody, and then you gotta add on the fact that I'm I'm in a wheelchair, and uh, I've been through uh, quite a lot of stuff. You start to realize things that you don't realize when you're a kid. Like, when I was a kid, in my head, it wasn't registered that, hey, I'm gonna be stuck in this thing for the rest of my life, and I'm never gonna be able to walk. I didn't think of that. Now that I'm 15, I'm aware of all these things. I'm aware of all the times I've had surgeries. I'm aware of all the problems I have. Like trying to be popular, trying to dress nice, and then you got the piles of homework, you got the couples and all that stuff, and it's like, it sucks to see them because it's like you're single and would stress you out even more. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just, it's uh, very stressful. But I mean, yeah, eventually it's gonna end. I usually get all my energy out, all my, my anger out on the court here during practice. It feels good. I, uh, it's not my first time scoring, so uh, obviously the, the first time is uh, the best, but uh, 
since I, I am I am small, uh, it happens maybe once a game where I have an opportunity. So when I get the opportunity and I do actually end up scoring, it feels amazing. I'm Sarah, and that's my friend Emily. Today we're in Emily's kitchen. We just we ordered pizza. We're just hanging out, and we like to hang out at least once a week after school or on the weekends just to really enjoy ourselves, you know, and not have to worry about everything else that's happening. Hi. Totals 2160. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. What kind is it? It's cheese. Oh, my favorite. You know, and then the fries. Gotta have the fries. Yeah. Oh, I got a text. Look. Oh, yeah. Don't answer that. Okay, I'll just tell them I'm busy. Yeah, that's what I would do. Don't really want to talk to them. I feel like I'd be like so much more stressed right now if we were still with like that group of 20 girls. Because I feel like when we were with them, it was always kind of stressful about like what they were saying about us or mm -hmm. like something like that. But now it's just like we get one less thing to worry about. Yeah, yeah. like obviously we're still stressed, but we always want... Yeah. To, I find it's a good environment now. Like before I'd always worry like, oh, if I was hanging out with a certain person, I'd worry that everyone else would be like, oh, why are they hanging out together? Yeah, why isn't exactly. she hanging out with all of us? Yeah. And like if you would post like one picture anywhere, mm -hmm. people would be like, oh my gosh, they're hanging out without me. Like, yeah. do they hate me? And like, even if other people would hang out without me, I would think that I'd be like, yeah, yeah like, why are they hanging out without me? Why so we had a group chat on Snapchat with a bunch of people in it. The big group started in grade seven and we're now in grade nine. And at first I really enjoyed it because I was like, wow, I have so many friends, you know. I think that being in a group chat really makes you feel wanted in a way. You just you feel like you always have people there for you. And whenever you have a problem or anything, if you're not with the person at that time, you can still talk to them and if you're not in a group chat it's kind of like less of a less of a friendship because you don't really have that like social media connection well at the beginning i thought that these were my best friends and that they'd be my best friends through all of high school i cared for each and every one of them and then at the end of grade eight, kind of going into grade nine, things started to change within that group. And one of my friends, Catherine, had pointed out that these people, they weren't the nicest people. These people would say things behind everyone's back, like about my best friends. We started hearing more rumors that people didn't like us in the group and rumors about um, us and other people just not wanting to be friends with us. Well, the worst thing for me was just the fact that they would hang out without us and make sure that we knew they were hanging out without us. They still posted things about it and they still kind of showed off that they were hanging out without us. And they would kind of rub it in my face. That's the biggest problem I had. Well, the first thing we did was we decided to stop eating lunch with them. We would just sit in our spot. We have a spot um, under the stairs at school where we just sit. And so that was a good way to kind of avoid them the first, the first few weeks. Even though we weren't eating lunch with them at school, I stayed in the group chat and I kind of stayed in the background because I still wanted to know what they were doing and how their lives were going. Um, I wanted to know, you know, what had happened at lunch that day, what they talked about, what they would talk about at night on, on Snapchat and things like that. 
that was the the big thing was I didn't want to miss out. Catherine convinced me kind of, you know, these people are toxic. You don't want to be associating with them online if you're not even associating with them on, in person. So I kind of agreed with that and I said, okay, this is the this is the big cutoff. We're, we're leaving the group chat and that's that. <laughs> when you fell asleep reading your book the other day. Literally everyone in the class was looking at you. <laughs> I didn't even notice that like people were looking. I thought you were going to do something funnier. I know. Like make us all leave the class and then wait for <laughs> you to wake up and realize and think that it's like 5 p.m. <laughs> Imagine. After I left the chat, I kind of just felt relieved. Like, usually I'd probably think, like, oh, they're going to hate me. They're going to say things. But at that point, I didn't really care what they thought anymore. Once you leave it, you don't receive any messages. It just disappears. It's kind of, I guess, like a symbol for, like, the chat disappears. Like, just like those people in your lives, you know? Well, now I feel comfortable and we have like our new friends, our group, we have a group chat on Snapchat. We're pretty much in contact constantly. And we talk to each other from the point school ends till we go to bed. We say goodnight every night and we just kind of we're constantly talking about things. And whenever someone's like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed now, you turn your phone off. If they're turning their phone off, they just say, good night, I love you guys, with a bunch of hearts or something. And then they leave, and then there's three of us left, we still talk, and then, oh, someone else is saying good night. So they say good night, and they leave, and then slowly, like, everyone just has, has said good night to each other. And, like, I don't know, just saying that good night, knowing people are, like, thinking of you before they go to bed, I guess. I don't know, it just feels good. It took a long time to get here, but I'm happy where I am and being in my comfort zone and knowing my boundaries, it really, you know, helps me be kind of a happier person. This is Sarah. One last thing. You don't have to be friends with people that you don't like or people you're not comfortable with. You can make your own decisions. Like the first step is just like working up the courage. But once you do, trust me, it'll be worth it. For anybody who's in that same spot where you feel like everything's closing in on you and it's constant anxiety and stress and fear and sadness, find something you like to do. Just find something that'll put a smile on your face. That small smile, even if it lasts five seconds, will definitely make your day ten times better. Mic Drop is produced in Montreal by Sherry Okeke, Carrie Haber, Crystal Duhame, and Jess Shane. Look for CBC Mic Drop on Instagram, CBC Radio app, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also reach us at micdrop at cbc.ca. And if you like us, tell your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Next on Mic Drop.
the hard part for me is missing out on on what my friends are having a good time. And when I come back on Monday to school, them all talking about what they did. And it's difficult to just to to smile and nod and say, oh, maybe next time I can do it. And, you know, deep down, maybe I know that there might not be a next time. I have to tell my dad. I, I'm not going to tell him this weekend coming, but I'm going to tell him that, like, how I feel so he knows because... I feel like he doesn't understand me. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.